some sick stuff happening in the world today, Blue. Yeah, man, this, this one this one caught me when he started talking about the guy the other day. At first, I was like, well, maybe he dropped her off. Maybe something else happened. But no, his his record sealed the deal, man. Especially since they found they found the body, man. They, mm-hmm. You know where he took her. So I mean, this this guy was never should have been in the streets again. No, he shouldn't have. And there's been other people that like you mentioned that have come forward. One of them in, in particular was a guy that got stabbed in the back and they hadn't even charged him yet. Like literally stabbed in the back. Not like he was betrayed. Uh, McDougal actually took a knife to his back. You and know? They, they had him out on parole or they just let him, let him go. That's crazy. Yeah. No, you're right, dude. It, it is crazy. Um, we got a couple of things we're going to look into, though. Let's first look into some of the paperwork that was dropped. And then we'll look into some of these other victims that have come forward of McDougal's. Then we'll talk about the crime itself. Uh, there was some five pages that were released here not too long ago. You know, no bond on this case, capital felony, which means that they're probably going to go for the death penalty in this situation. Here it says a fine shall show that on the morning of February 15th, 2024, detectives investigated has revealed that defendant Don Stephen McDougal, along with uh, the child victim, left the home of the child victim located at blank blank drive in Lake Livingston Village subdivision in Livingston. McDougal and the child victim left in McDougal's 2003 Chevrolet Suburban with the intent to drop the victim off at the school bus stop. They're saying there that she was alive when they left the house and that he was going to go drop her off at the school bus and that she got into the vehicle. I wonder if there's some sort of evidence of her entering the vehicle. You know, I was concerned that something had happened to her the night prior when he was trying to talk to her mom and trying to get her mom to meet him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I thought so too, man. It was discovered that the child victim was not at the bus stop when Livingston ISD bus arrived at the location and discovered that the child did not make it to Creekside Elementary that day. A fine shall show that fa- uh, that on February 20th, so five days later, the body of the 11-year-old uh, child victim, Audrey Danielle Cunningham, was located during a search of the Trinity River. Law enforcement uh, dive teams located the child's the child victim body with the Trinity River near Highway 59 South at the Polk San and San Jacinto County line, San Jacinto County Justice of the Peace, C. McGee ordered the child victim's body to be transferred, transported to Harris County Medical Examiners for an autopsy to determine the cause of death. I will say this, and this, this is disturbing. I understand they found her pants at another location. And, and from what I understand is they saw them in different places, dropping different items off, like uh, destroying evidence in different places. And if one of them was the pants in low end location and her body was apparently tied down to a rock in another, uh, leads me to believe that she went into the water without her pants on. Yeah, Man, that, those last moments of that little girl's life probably were horrific. Yeah. Uh, I feel horrible about this. It's a sad story, man. It is. The fan show shall show that Don Stephen McDougal was a friend of the Cunningham family and resided on the family property in a cab over camper. McDougal had access to the interior of the child victim's home. If found, shall show that the video footage and cell phone data places McDougal at three locations of interest. I told you guys, that's the way they figured out where it was at. They checked his phone and they got his cell phone data and they went to the places of interest. That's how they knew there was places of interest. Remember that psychic stuff I did? <laughs> no, they've been, they've been using it, man. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Right. I, I just get everything right. Evidence with connection to the, def- the defendant and the child victim was located two of those locations and recovered. Evidence so some of the clothes, probably uh, well, the body was found somewhere else. I know that the backpack was found in one location as well. On one of these locations at the Trinity River near Highway 59 South is where Audrey's body was later located. Yeah, it should show that throughout the investigation, investigators were able to determine through cell phone data, video footage, and other forensic evidence 
McDougall lied about his whereabouts and activities on the day of February 15th. Van Schell further showed that upon recovery of the child's victim's body, law enforcement discovered a large rock tied to the child victim's body. The rope was consistent with rope that was observed in McDougall's vehicle on the traffic stop two days prior. Two days prior to the 15th or two days prior to his arrest? Well, it had to be to the 15th because if they use that same rope. Oh. Yeah, because well, uh, I don't know. Yeah, like- well, if it's the same rope that they used, then it had to be two days prior to the incident because, well, obviously the rope is used to tie her down. Yeah. You think he was planning it then since then? Since, you know, for two days he'd been planning to do something like this? I don't know if it was planned or a crime of opportunity. Imagine this ain't the first victim. Yeah, this ain't the first victim. There's one other one that came out talking about how she was a victim at a young age as well. We're going to listen to what she has to say here in a second. But this tells me that I think he had this planned, whether that rope was going to be used to just, you know, maybe, I ain't saying this, tie her up, you know, in a bondage type of situation. And things went crazier than what he probably thought. And then he tied her to the rock. But I do think that if he has that in his vehicle, and this happens a couple of days later, and that, you know, rope is used in the commission of that crime, Almost leads me to believe that he'd been planning this for at least two days. You know, Stacy asks, what about the whole thing trying to meet the mother to meet at the dock or something? Was she going to be a victim too? Was he trying to frame it? You know, my thoughts on that was that he was making it seem like he was, was on her side, been close with her daughter and that they were going to meet up together, but he wanted to do it secretly and things like that. I personally, this is my thought speculation, thought if she would have met him, she would have ended up with the same fate that Audrey did. And I think that the goal was to try to convince people that he uh, that, that she may have left with her child. I was going to say that they ran away together. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking was the goal there. Let's pull up some of these videos. All right. So this one says here, new audio reveals details into prior investigation of Audrey Cunningham's alleged killer. Poor innocent little girl. Good evening. I know, man. It's it's heartbreaking, dude, to think about, you know, their last moments, whether it was this little girl or or even, you know, the unborn child of Savannah Soto, who was innocent, still, you know, about to be born the next day. And in the manner that he passed, you know, the parents passed. And I'll tell you what, there's reasons why we stop covering true crime every now and then and go into something that's different for couple of episodes because this stuff can get kind of it can it can weigh on you if you talk about it this is all you talk about you know what i mean yeah i'm daniela guzman well today the harris county medical examiner's office confirming the young girl's primary cause of death as homicidal violence with blunt head trauma investigators saying her father's friend don stephen mcdougall this man right here is the man who murdered her charging him with capital murder but should he have been behind bars before the fifth grader vanished tonight only on kprc2 has obtained an audio recording of a polk county sheriff appearing to admit the ball was dropped in a previous criminal investigation involving audrey's suspected killer kprc2's bryce newberry has been covering this case since audrey disappeared he joins us now tonight in studio with what we've learned bryce yeah keith and daniela six months before audrey cunningham disappeared the man now accused of killing her is also accused of violently stabbing a stranger three times. Many have asked why he wasn't arrested for that. And tonight, only KPRC2 has audio, which appears to be the Polk County Sheriff Byron Lyons admitting the stabbing investigation was mishandled. These images show the three bloody knife wounds in David Stanley's back on August 19th. His attorney, David Feldman. Mr. Stanley received a knock on the door from a female. She said that her car was broken down. She needed some help. So Mr. Stanley goes out to her vehicle. As he approaches the vehicle, he's ambushed and stabbed. As investigators zeroed in on Don Stephen McDougall as a person of interest in Audrey Cunningham's disappearance. They say he confessed to the stabbing while being questioned by Texas Rangers. That's what landed him behind bars as the desperate search for the missing fifth grader continued. Days later, prosecutors charged him with capital murder in her disappearance. And So he, he confessed to that and they let him go and didn't even charge him. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When he's talking to the Texas Rangers? No. Yeah. That's why he was in custody right now. Alicia asks, he bludgeoned her to death. What does that mean? Homicidal violence. Yeah, it sounds like it was multiple strikes, probably blunt force trauma to the head. And death. But why wasn't he arrested sooner for the alleged stabbing? There were some circumstances that took place that would not allow us to be able to arrest him at that time. And he would not cooperate, would not uh, basically lawyer it up, would not talk with the investigators. That was the answer Polk County Sheriff Byron Lyons gave at a press conference Monday. But in new audio obtained only by KPRC during a late November meeting for approximately 30 minutes with the stabbing victim's girlfriend, Sheriff Lyons appears to admit the case wasn't being investigated properly. We dropped the ball on us, and uh, we're trying to find the ball to get fixed. We didn't want to go. That's all we need to We'll fix it. we make it right. A timeline of the stabbing investigation the sheriff's right. office shared with KPRC reveals a new investigator got assigned to the case within a day of that recorded conversation. Months transpired to actually arrest McDougal for the stabbing on August 19, 2023 but for whatever reason, they chose not to, and he remained on the street. According to the sheriff's office timeline, Stanley initially identified the wrong suspect, who they arrested, but later released. Stanley identified McDougal as the suspected stabber in early September and again in early December, but the case against him didn't advance until February 8th, when the sheriff's office submitted the investigation to the prosecutor's office for grand jury consideration. But that was six months after the stabbing and one week before Audrey disappeared. This is a tragedy that should not have happened. Had law enforcement done their job the last few months, I don't think you'd be talking to me about the disappearance of Audrey Cunningham. And the sheriff's office tells me they did not have sufficient evidence to arrest McDougal for the stabbing until his confession to the Rangers after Audrey disappeared. Tonight, Sheriff Lyons... Oh, so yeah, he had confessed to it after Audrey disappeared. You're right there, Big Blood. Yeah. You're right. Good catch. Good catch. And chief deputy responded to those recordings, telling KPRC2 the sheriff is aggravated and feels like the ball had been dropped. Stanley identified the wrong person who was arrested and put in jail. The sheriff does not agree with an innocent person going to jail for any reason. You can read their full response at Clip2. And still, the ball was dropped. This guy should have been in jail. You know, he should have been. He shouldn't have even been there, dude. He should not have been in that guy's backyard. Once once uh, the wrong guy was released, they should have tried their damnedest to get the right guy in jail. They had an idea because he was identified. Mm-hmm. Of course, now the sleazebag lawyer he hired, you can blame them right around him. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Let's go to this one right here. And this is the first child victim that has been attacked. Tonight, by we're taking a deeper look at the suspect's past. A woman who was targeted by McDougal mm-hmm. as a child is bravely coming forward to share her story tonight. She is one of several people who police say experienced violence from McDougal. And it's hard to fathom. Don Stephen McDougal was a family friend, a person even trusted to live in a camper behind the home Audrey shared with her father's side of the family, despite his disturbing history. Just last summer, police say he stabbed a man he did not know who was helping him jump a car battery. And tonight we are hearing also from one of McDougal's old co-workers who says McDougal attacked him when he threw him out of his home 14 years ago. I opened the door up and told him he needed to leave and he come at me with a knife and I had my shotgun and I hit him in the face with it and shut the door on him. I had no idea he was that kind of person. McDougal was reportedly sentenced to four years in prison for that incident. Long before the violent attacks against adults, 
McDougall also pleaded guilty to enticing a child in Brazoria County 2007. The young victim told police he crawled into bed with her and tried to remove her pants. He did not have to register as a sex offender as part of the plea. Hey, Blue, how do you feel about plea bargains and things like that when it comes to... There shouldn't be any at all. ...with child stuff? There shouldn't be one. I don't think so either. Because this is the kind of crap that falls through the cracks when you don't appropriately punish somebody and make them, you know, follow the, through with the full extent of the law when it comes to these type of things. Yeah, I mean, there's there's crazy ones out there that I think, wow, that happened, and that guy is a sick, uh, considered a sick, uh, you know, offender, um, sex offender, and this guy isn't. Like, so this guy enticed, tried to entice, the, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, this guy has a, a history of violent offenses going back to 2001. So given the fact that he's been continually doing this, he should have been in jail. I mean, wh wh where's that? Isn't there like three strikes, you're out, you know, three felonies, you're in for life. Where did that go at? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, ah, but I bet you there's a bunch of nonviolent offenders behind bars for weed and stuff. Yeah. There, look at all the, there's a lot of stuff that's changing because of that now. You know, certain stuff ain't considered a felony no more. Well, Even yeah. Like but... Somebody put in earlier that child services is overwhelmed. They are. They're very overwhelmed. A lot of it was because of these false accusations or, or you know, and then they were chasing dead ends because all these angry people right. were calling in these false accusations. So now in the state of Texas, you make a report and ain't anonymous no more. They want your address. They want your phone number. They want everything because one, they're going to need you to testify. Two, they're not going to be chasing their tail no more. And I know somebody asked about the three strike law only in, in Cali. I'm pretty sure it's here too. I think there's it's enhancements of felonies, and then it increases to like a 15 to 99 or something like that. It's not completely a life sentence or anything like that. It's not something that somebody can't get out of parole or, or things like that because it's not a nonviolent crime, you know. Or if it's not a nonviolent crime, this situation, these are violent crimes. I mean, that's yeah. even better reason for him to get freaking, you know, get in there with the keys thrown away. Now, there's a petition supposedly going on right now, Big Blue. To give this guy the DP, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I know that we took it away for a while. They got another state, so why not here? Yeah, I think it's back. I think they just did it not too long ago. You know, you talk about, you know, innocent until proven guilty. Uh, here in Texas, we're already ready to put this guy to the chair before his day in court. I mean, trust me, even if he goes to jail, they're going to have to put this guy in, you know, solitary confinement. They don't play with that kind of stuff in, in, in the jail either. I don't think they put him in solitary confinement. They might at first to protect himself from that, but they may, they may not. You know, this guy's been in the system a while. You know, that tattoo he has on his shoulder, that swastika, is probably something that was done in prison. You know, don't get me wrong. He probably has some hatred towards, you know, he's probably prejudiced and things like that. That wouldn't surprise me. Put out there and given his history of him being in, behind bars so often, I wouldn't be surprised if that's a prison tattoo. Uh, and he's aligned with some sort of Aryan brotherhood within the jail system. They'll probably protect him. I mean, a lot of those guys, to be honest with you, are in jail for similar crimes that he's committed. Crimes mm -hmm. against children and things like that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of sickles out there, man. There's yeah, but I mean, specifically like the Aryan type, Brotherhood type, uh, white supremacists, you know, they, there's a lot of what, like meth and cocaine and, and drug addiction. And, and then you also have like crimes against children and things like that. Yeah, I, I was just watching a, there was a comedy bit that was on the, on the, on the you know, TikTok shorts or YouTube shorts. And this guy was like, you know how people admit stupid stuff to the com comedians like on paper and stuff? Mm -hmm. This guy's like, I, he said, I, I stole 56000 from a dead person. So he's like, how the hell do you steal 56000 from a dead person? So his, him and his buddy would look at the obituary 
and then go to those people's houses and break in and steal the stuff. And the guy had like fifty six thousand dollars in gold Dang. in the closet. It's crazy how people. And he said he was hooked on spice, so he would do stuff that for drugs. You know what I mean? People do some crazy stuff. Yeah. And the, and the person was like, "Oh, they didn't, they, they didn't do it. To, they didn't harm nobody. The other the person was like, they didn't do that. Who didn't deserve it? A dead person deserved that. That was supposed to be for their family, man." You know, like people are crazy out there. Their thoughts. Yeah, dude. Nar- uh, psychopaths, man. I mean, you don't have to be a psychopath to be a you know a crazed killer. You know, those that steal money and things of large sums and and have no remorse for how that affects that other person or their family is tendency of a psychopath. ABC 13's Luke Jones is the only reporter to talk with her about this and is live now with her story, Luke. And you know, at least she says what happened to Audrey could have easily happened to her. I mean, total shock when she saw Don McDougall's face pop up in online posts. And tonight she says she wants to be Audrey's voice and a voice for other children in similar situations. I'll never forget his face after that. Carissa Davis would like nothing more than to forget Don McDougall's face. I'll be honest, man. This, this lady here, she looks like she could be audrey's mother i mean there's a there's a bit of resemblance there i know he's a nasty man and what he did to her one night in 2007 when she was 10 years old she was at her uncle's brazoria county house for a family gathering but google's sisters were family friends and he came into the room that me and my cousin were sleeping in davis says mcdougall yanked her cousin from their bed then got into bed with her tried to take down my pants and I immediately jumped up at that moment. I remember looking at him and saying, do you know how old I am? Davis raced for the door with McDougal in tow. He grabbed me, and when he did, I just swung my arm and I hit him. But now that he's been charged with Audrey Cunningham's murder, she can't help but wonder what would have happened had she not been able to fight back. Everybody was still asleep. I mean, my uncle's backyard was woods. I mean, it could have been me. McDougal pleaded guilty to enticing a child and was sentenced to two years in prison, but got credit for almost one and a half years served. Notably, he wasn't required to register as a sex offender and went on to face numerous other charges. I think Brazoria County definitely uh, failed me and failed Audrey and possibly more. That's the thing, too. I mean, it's possible that it's not just him or not just her. I'm sorry. And it's not just this lady or, or, or the guy that got stabbed in the back. These are the people that we know of. What about the people that we don't know or the people that have not been found? You know, enticing, enticing. Yeah, I mean, that seemed a little bit more than enticing to me. You know, Angel D says enticing in quotations in the question marks. You know, enticing is telling somebody to move in with them, to you know, leave a certain place, to talk somebody into you know those type of things. This was a straight up attempted assault. I think you can articulate that a sexual assault in this case. You know, given some of the descriptions she said, you know, the age, climbed in bed chased her still uh the intention and you know there's one of the things that's hard to to prove right is intent but you can articulate climbed in bed time of night and began to remove her pants you know a defense attorney is going to come in here and say that yeah he was just and this sounds sick to sick to say but he's like he could say or she could say a lawyer could come in and say yeah he got confused he was drunk he was just laying in bed he didn't do anything and didn't you know it didn't progress to anything as far as chasing and swinging around and so he said she said type of situation there's no evidence or proof and so that's how this probably turned into a plea you know what i mean but i i feel that they probably could have gotten could have gone for the assault and i think they could have gotten a conviction based on his history of violence now this lady looks like she's at least in her 20s if not a little bit older than that um she was 10 when this happened this could have been 20 years ago or something like that and, and i don't know how extensive his his history was then but if this was something that happened sooner and i know he had an enhancement to one another one which i heard was because of the conviction or the situation with the first one so he has one that's in an enhancement and they didn't you know he wasn't registering as a sex offender there either and apparently he's hanging out with he's taking advantage of his friends nieces 
And we'll listen to this one that says, family friend charged with murder of the 11-year-old Audrey Cunningham. And this talks about you know, that he lived in the backyard. I want to bring in uh, Michael Alcazar. He is a retired NYPD detective and a professor in the Department of Law, Police Science, and Criminal Justice at John Jay College. Uh, thanks for being with us, Michael. It's, I guess it's just so maddening to, to hear about the criminal history, to hear that he was not put on the sex offender registry. How, did this guy just slip through the cracks? Like, how does that happen? No, apparently for what he pleaded down to, enticing a child, it's not required to uh, register as a sex offender, which is troubling in itself. So, you know, apparently, yeah, he might have slipped through the cracks. I mean, he might he might have had supervision initially when he was released from prison, but that was like about almost 17 years ago. So it wouldn't surprise me if he was uh, not supervised any longer and he was allowed to do this. Yeah, I just think about that little girl's dad. You know, he was living in the backyard in a trailer. Maybe the dad didn't even know who this guy was. I mean, if he wasn't on the sex offender registry, um, maybe he had no idea about his past. Look at this guy's history. These are all his mugshots. You do a Google search on this guy. I'm sure you're going to find something concerning with just that Google search. So to go in there and claim ignorance and say, oh, man, I, I just didn't know. I mean, there has to be some responsibility as far as finding out. I mean, if a business hires somebody without doing a background check and that person goes and does something and they had a history of doing those type of things and they got away or they got employment with you and you didn't do your due diligence, isn't the business, you know, reliable or liable, even if it's just civilly when it comes to, you know, being lost, uh, like lawsuits and things like that. And, in, and even more, I mean, I, I can see where if you had a situation like, for instance, um, BTK. Now, I know that ADT, I don't know what they uh, happened with them. Obviously, they're still around, but BTK used to work for ADT. And I don't know if any of his victims were some of his, his customers. And if they weren't, and that's probably one of the reasons why they didn't get, you know, they're not, they're still in business. But if, if BTK was taking out some of his customers, which if they were his customers, he would have been found a lot sooner. Right. So I highly doubt it was his customers. But had he been, you know, going into those houses and taking out his customers and let's just say he had something in his you know, background that ADT didn't look into or didn't care about, you know, they, they could have faced some liability, in my opinion. You know, they're literally putting people inside other people's homes. And because they're under the EDT badge, this is supposed to be for home security. It's giving those individuals a false pretense that this person is safe. And so if, if, if the business would be culpable in those type of situations, why isn't the parents in this situation or the father, at least in the grandma knowing very well, or should have known very well, the kind of person that they had in there, you know, living on their property, going in on vacations, something like that. You know, Michelle says someone said they may have met in prison. You know, if that's the case, like, yeah, I mean, I think the father needs to be, be responsible for something. Doesn't the mom have some rather telling tattoos too? I haven't seen the mom's tattoos. I know that the mom didn't have custody of the little girl and it'd been some time that she hadn't had custody. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, typically when a mother doesn't have custody, it's not for no, no reason. It's, there's a reason behind it. I don't know what that reason is completely. Uh, I do know that she had nothing to do with her her daughter's disappearance or murder. So I won't bury her for her decisions in the past when she had nothing to do with this. She's already going through enough. You know what I mean? And he has a giant swastika tattoo on his shoulder, just advising, advertising he's a scumbag. Yeah. But I mean, if the guy that, you know, his best friend also believes in those type of things, you know, he may not see him as a scumbag, crappy as that sounds. 
Yeah, it's possible. You know, people want to believe what they want to believe. This guy could have been, he might have just charmed them and befriended them. Then I ask, is Miss McDougal, McDougal guy living in the same home or something? He was living in a pop-up trailer behind or, or a pop-up camper type of thing uh, in behind the house. And he had access to the house too. So I'm assuming uh, he just kind of slept there and, and lived there. But, you know, to go and use the facilities, the latrine or, or cook or, or whatnot, he probably went into the house. Birds of a feather. 100%. You know, some people just don't realize who the offender next to them, living to them is. You know, uh, in, in New York, you can easily search a uh, search uh, uh, sex offender database, and it looks like a ball pit. It's insane how many sex offenders live, like in New York City, and imagine throughout the nation. So it's, it, it, I don't know if he had the means to, to look this up or he didn't have any uh, information, but it, it's very tragic indeed. So let's put up that shot again with all of his mug shots, because I think that just tells the story. I mean, you can see, I mean, look at that. From 2005 to 2024, all the times that this guy has been booked and locked up, uh, Michael, do you think there's a chance that, I mean, could there be other victims? Yeah, so these are all the times that he's been booked and locked up. And I don't even see the one where he looks all crazy. I want him to thumbnail with it, where he has a beard and he's got some uh, you know, injury to the top of his head. Jesus. Yeah, he shouldn't, this guy didn't, don't deserve to be out there. This one right here in the middle, 2024, kind of don't even look like him. Victims maybe that weren't killed, but that, that this sicko, you know, raped or went after the little kids that we don't even know about? Yeah, 100%. I mean, we only know about Audrey and the other victim before. Uh, you know, children probably don't want to come forward if, you know, if this guy victimized them. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he victimized other children. Hopefully he didn't kill anybody else. Yeah, it's just such a sad story. Uh, Michael Alcazar, uh, thanks for coming on with us. We, we really appreciate it. Well, this guy's behind bars, and hopefully he'll be there for the rest of his life, however long that may be. You know, I, I do think that in this case, Texas is going to take control of when that day is going to be. Uh, I, I do expect that if, if found guilty, that um, he will be given justice to the full extent of the law in Texas uh, that allows for it. And in this situation, they're charging him already with capital murder, which is a uh, death penalty in the state of Texas. So it already seems like they're going down that road with this guy. You know, for the things that he's uh, alleged to have committed, if found guilty, I think that it's rightfully deserving. Um, this type of stuff doesn't belong in society today. You know, I know it might be harsh. Some people don't agree with the death penalty, and I understand that, and I respect your beliefs and your decisions and things like that. I would never ask you yourself to make that decision for somebody else. Uh, but for me and for what happened here, uh, I would be 100% for it. Like I said, there's a petition already being signed here, and it's going by quickly. Hopefully it's a, an example to others that you know, are thinking or have committed this crime and have gotten away with it and may commit this crime again. You do this crap in Texas and you're going to get dealt with to the full extent of the law.